listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsease Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. pray for you tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the awesome privilege once again that we have to be in your house. We pray, God, right now that you would speak to our hearts, speak to our lives, change us, transform us, renew us, we pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. 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 You know, another great tool, and I forgot to mention this, and we have lately, is Periscope. Has anyone downloaded the Periscope app? If you are not familiar with that, we can help you with that. But every service, we go out live on Periscope. And I just want to give you an update on that. As of now, as a church, we have over 10,000 followers on Periscope. Isn't that phenomenal? So every time we press the Periscope broadcast button, if people have their notification on somewhere around the world, 10,333 phones are going... And what an opportunity. And I just want you to know, on Sunday morning at our 9 o'clock service, we had 450 people that viewed the service. Isn't that phenomenal? Now, that doesn't mean they watched the whole thing, but at a certain time, 450 people logged in to watch. So what a great tool. We're touching people we don't even realize. So again, if you can't make it to church, you can always see us on Periscope, but there's no excuse and there's no... Nothing better than being in the house together. So I want to continue our series on if. Say with me, if. Come on, say it nice and loud. If, 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 if. And wow, did we have church Sunday morning or what? It's just getting better and better. I wouldn't want to miss a Sunday because of everything that God has been doing in this house. And every week, the anticipation and the expectancy just seems like it's building. It's just building and building. And our our cry tonight is help us build that. Come with an expectancy. Come with anticipation in your life. Because what do they say? Expectancy is the breeding ground of miracles. We want to see miracles in this house? Come expecting. Come believing. Come ready for God to move. Because I'm ready to see healings in the house. I'm ready to see deliverances in the house. I'm ready to see breakthroughs in the house. I'm ready to see people come in one way and leave absolutely transformed with such new hope. I'm ready to see marriages and families. I'm just ready to see God move in the way that He wants. And our expectancy creates that atmosphere for God to come. So say again with me, if, but what next? If, but what not? Next. Say that with me, if, but what next? You know what we talked about Sunday? We talked about moving from the if-only regrets. We could go on for weeks talking about the regrets of our lives. Moving from the regrets of things that we've done, but mainly 
from the things that we haven't done because that's what we're going to regret most in our lives is the inaction of our lives. The things that we wished we had got to but we hadn't. But we're looking at the regrets of life and changing them to what if God possibilities. Saying, I don't want to live in regret anymore, but I want to live in the possibilities and in the fullness of God. I want to see new horizons for my life. I want to see a new season, a new beginning for my life. And what we discovered is, if is the conditional conjunction that turns God's eternal promises into our present reality. A promise that can become a reality through an if. If we'll just obey God, a promise can become a reality. If we'll just serve God and give Him our whole lives, a promise will turn into a possibility in our lives. The if is what can make all the difference to your difference. I want you to catch that. If is what can change all the difference to your difference, to whether you stay the same or whether you change. Are you going to be different? Are you going to be changed or are you just going to remain the same way? So let's look at our verse again from Romans chapter 8, Romans 8 verse 31, and it says these words, what shall we say to these things? Remember the things we're talking about is our regrets, our failures, our mistakes, the things that I pray are in the past, things that need to be in the past, the things that don't belong in our present and don't belong where we're going into our future. What shall we say to these things if God is for us. Is that a question whether he is or not? No, that's a statement that God is for you. We cleared that up on Sunday morning that God is for you. Oh, well, no, God's not because I'm this and I'm no, God is for you. God is for you. The Bible says when you were dead in your trespasses and sins, Christ died for you. That doesn't sound like someone that says, get it right, get it perfect, and then we'll maybe talk. While we were the worst of the worst, God says he died for us. That's the love that he has for each and every one of us. So none of us in here can say that God is not for you. God is for you. And if God is for you, what's the end? Who can be against us. Nothing can stand in our path. But you know what I've realized? Our greatest opposition doesn't come from without. It's not the people around us. It's not even the devil that comes, and my God, he comes. It's not the greatest opposition is not from without. The greatest opposition that we face is within ourselves. It's within us. It's you and it's me. We like to blame the devil for everything, but really... The reality is it's all us. We play victim to his schemes. He gives the suggestions, but we are the hands and the feet. We're the mouth. We're the ones that carry out the things that he perhaps suggests. And the biggest opposition and problem that you and I have is in our inability to believe God at his word and his intent. To believe that God's word is true and the intent that he has for our lives is true. So we want to leave the if-onlys on the way to the what-if possibilities. But how many knows when you leave the regrets and the pains heading into the possibilities, there's the in-between. There's the as-ifs. That's what we're going to talk about tonight and this weekend. We're going to talk about the as-ifs. Has anyone been there? 
even since Sunday. Think about what happened in your life from Sunday. Let me show you what I mean. After Sunday, you left pumped up. You left ready to take on the world. Uh, all my regrets, I'm going to make this week different. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to change. I, I'm going to sever those friendships. I'm going to build this. I'm going to turn every regret. Whoa, whoa, let's go, let's go, let's go. It's going to be what if possibilities. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's all awesome and all great. But when you step out of this doors, something happens and it's called life. The rubber hits the road. The struggles are waiting for you. And so what happens in the process of leaving pumped and excited, and this is what we're going to be, we find ourselves messing up at times. Have you messed up this week? You don't have to show by lifting up your hands, but we probably all have. We've probably all failed and, and done things. We've maybe resorted back to those things that we said we're not going to do those things anymore. Or maybe you've looked at how far it maybe seems to be to get from your regrets to the possibilities. And you find yourself beginning to second guess yourself and God. Have you ever been there? Second guessing yourself. And really, when you second guess yourself, we can say we indirectly are second-guessing God, but it's not indirectly. We're directly. We're directly second-guessing God. Because what God says is either truth or not. There's not partial truth. It's either truth or not. His word is either truth for your life or it's not true. So what did we say Sunday? What if today you rejected anything about God that wasn't God And accepted him for who he is. A God who is for you. Think about that again. What if right now, tonight, you said, I'm going to reject everything about God that wasn't God. And I'm going to accept him exactly for who he is. And that is this. He's for me. He's on my side. He wants the best for my life. That's easier to do on paper, isn't it, than in practice. It's easier to do in word than it is... In action. So we get to that place. And maybe you've already arrived at that place. Where you begin to draw conclusions that are false for your future. And you begin to tell yourself things like that. Why would God ever want to use someone like me anyway? I don't deserve it. I've messed up and failed him more times than I can ever remember. And that's where the as if begins to come into our hearts. As if, even if he could, why would he for me? As if I'm even worth that. As if he could even use me. As if anyone, never mind God, would ever want me. Let's stop for a moment. Because I think what we need to do is remind ourselves of something really important tonight. And that is what? We're in the process of moving from where? We want to move from the regrets, the if-onlys, to the what-if possibilities. Are you there? We're moving from the regrets to the possibilities. We're moving from the pains to the healings. But unfortunately, we've got to go through the as-ifs. We've got to go through that part in between. Say with me, what-if possibilities? What if possibilities? 
What if possibilities are yours? So you've got to know this. If God wants to take you from the regrets to the possibilities, the enemy wants you to second guess and question in the way. Because if Satan cannot stop you catching the vision, he'll come to steal the vision that you have. Let me, uh, I'm preaching better than you responding tonight. If he can't stop the vision, if he can't stop you by saying and leaving this place and saying yes to God and I'm going to step on. If he can't stop you from getting that vision for your life and where you want to go, he'll come after you've got that vision in your life and he'll come and he'll try and steal that from you. You see, Satan attacks you at two times in your life. And I wished it meant only two times and then he was done. I'm talking about these phases, these times in our life. Satan attacks you before you get it. And then he attacks you after you've got it. Let me just talk about that. He attacks you before you get it. Why? Because he wants to stop you from having it. If he can make you believe it's not for you, you're not going to change your if-only regrets for what-if possibilities. You're not going to believe that. So he's robbed you from the blessings what God has. So if he can stop you from the front end, that's really good. But if he can't stop it on the front end, he'll come after you've got it. For what reason? The same reason to stop you from having it. He attacks you before because he doesn't want you to have it. And he comes afterwards because he still doesn't want you to have it. He wants to steal that from you because Satan cannot afford for you to believe. He doesn't want you to believe Romans 8.31. What is it again? If God is for you, who can be against? He doesn't want you to believe those things. He wants you to question and doubt those things on your way to your breakthroughs, on your way to your victories. So so again, he'll attack before or after doing whatever he can to rob you from what God has for your life. To make you believe as if God would even want me anyway. I want to remind you again tonight, you're just what God is looking for. Man, I've got to say it again. You're just... What God is looking for. I'm going to say it another way. You are everything God wants. You're everything that God needs. And here's what needs to happen in our life. We need to start taking that next step with a boldness and not as if looking over our shoulder and falling back. We've got to step into our destiny and into our future with great purpose and great determination. Look at the scripture, Philippians 2 verse 5. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Here's the next step. We've got to have a new way of thinking. We've got to have a new mind inside of us. Let this mind be in you what was also in Christ Jesus. When it talks about the mind of God, what do you think that is? Come on, shout out. What do you think it means when he talks about having the mind of God? Anyone just shout it out really loud. Compassion, Compassion? good. Knowing what, the, lining up with the word, good. Love? Anyone else? What's the mind of Christ? Forgiveness? Pure? Grace? Not being conformed to this world? Peace? All these things are really great and they're really right. But you know what really the mind of God is? It's the Word of God. Think about it. The mind of God is the thoughts of God. What are the thoughts of God? The Word of God. 
Because what he has thought, he's put into writing for our lives. So what is the word of God telling us? What will take us from our regrets into the what-if possibilities is one of the greatest tools that God left on the face of this earth. And that is the mind of Christ, which is the word of God, into and for each and every one of our lives. I want to tell you tonight, you need the word of God inside of you. You need to be reading the Word of God because it's the Word of God that can rewrite the junk of your mind. So many things. You can read about it, what psychiatrists and all these people have talked about, the cortex of your mind and how things can be engraved and they can be burned into your mind that you never forget. I read today about surgeons who had done brain surgery on people and had to keep them coherent or whatever while they were doing the surgeries in order to work on the brain with half of their skull off. People talking to them and remembering secrets and truths of their lives that they had forgotten from years past. Why? Because when they began to work on things and play with things, all those things came back to mind. Do you know they say you never forget anything that you put into your mind? So what have we got to watch? We've got to watch what we're filling our mind with. What's engraved in our thoughts? If we don't watch, it can be the regrets. It can be the labels. Remember from Sundays that I was abused, I'm, I'm, an, I'm divorced, I'm an addict. That can be engraved into our mind so then anything that comes into us doesn't really penetrate or doesn't really respond in the right way because we've already got it etched into our minds what we think we really are. We need the Word of God that the Bible says will renew our minds. It's the Word of God that will renew us. It needs to replace the wrong things and it needs to reprogram the way we think. Look at this, Romans 2 or 12 verse 2. It says this, And do not be conformed to this world. In other words, don't walk in the flesh. Remember our scripture? Romans 8.1 There is therefore now no condemnation to those who in Christ Jesus who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. What is he saying here? Don't be conformed to this world. Don't be put in the box. Don't keep doing and being everything that the world is telling you you need to be. But the Bible says you need to be transformed by having a new mind, a renewing mind of your mind. What renews your mind? It doesn't renew your mind when you sit there and you just think of good thoughts. Well, I'm just going to think of good thoughts and I'm going to purify my mind. If you could think your way into good living, Jesus would never have had to die upon a cross. If you could have thought your way into being perfect, Jesus would never have to have died for you. But your thinking is the problem where you're at today. And we've got to get rid of our stinking thinking and allow our minds to be renewed through the Word of God. So we've got to put the Word of God in the place of the wrong things so we can be transformed with a new mind. The verse goes on that we may prove what is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Do you know what the will of God is? The Word of God. The mind of God is the Word of God. The will of God is the Word of God because His will is His Word. He said it. So we've got to have the Word in us. So how do we transform our minds? By putting the Word of God in us. Romans 8 verse 6, For to be carnally minded is death. But to have the mind of Christ, to have a spiritual mind is what? Life and peace. Why are people so tormented in their mind? 
because they dwell on the wrong things. Philippians thinks, talks about whatsoever things are pure and lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things. You know there's only one thing that's pure and lovely and of good virtue and praiseworthy, and it's not your mom, it's not your wife, it's not your husband, it's the Word of God. It's God's Word for your life. And that's what we've got to meditate on. That's what we've got to focus on. That's what we've got to believe. We've got to know those things. Why? Because when we've got that mind, it says we can have life and peace. I like that. I don't like the other one. To be carnal-minded, to be fleshly-minded is death. I mean, that's pretty clear, isn't it? But to be spiritually-minded, to have the Word in our hearts... And in our minds. But there lies the struggle, isn't it? It's the struggle between our carnal thoughts and our spiritual thoughts. That's the battle, isn't it? The as ifs, as if God, as if I could. What, it's, that's the struggle so many times that we believe the wrong voice. We listen to the wrong thoughts. And we don't allow them. We can't always control the thoughts that come into our minds. But we sure, sure can control the ones that we allow to stay. Let me say that again. We can, can't control always the thoughts that come in. We can be bombarded. Have you ever been driving down the street and a thought came into your mind and you're like, you were embarrassed that that thought even came into your mind. You're like, where did that come from? Well, you knew where it came from, the pit of hell. You're like, what? I mean, come on. We can't control many times what comes in. We can't open our minds up through the wrong things that we put into us though, mind you. But we can't always control what comes in, but we can control what we allow to stay. Because the Bible says we've got to bring those thoughts into captivity. And where do we take those? To the cross. We take those to the obedience of Christ, that He died and He brought victory in our lives. But there's a struggle many times. What are we going to believe? Are we going to believe our thoughts? Or are we going to believe... The Word of God. Are we going to be carnally minded or spiritually minded? Are we going to believe what the world says or are we going to believe what the Word says? And we've got to believe what the Word says to our life. I read this today. I thought this was a powerful quote. It says this, When we read Scripture, we are literally inhaling what the Holy Spirit exhaled thousands of years ago. What's been breathed out, what is inspired, that's what the Word of God is. It's inspired. God breathed. God breathed and moved upon people that would write the Word of God. What was exhaled many thousands of years ago, we get the opportunity to inhale every time we read the Word of God. So it's so important that we get the Word of God, the Bible in us. The 66 books, 1,189 chapters. 31,102 verses. So important that we get the word into us. And, and I just cannot stress greatly enough to you just to be in a daily reading plan. If you can read the Bible in one year with us, you need to be a part of that. There's version apps that you can get on your phone if you're unaware of those. Come to the Connect Zone afterwards or someone will help you. We'll show you. It's a free app on your phone and it's a great way. It will even read the Bible to you every day. I, I let it read to me every day and then I read it while it's reading to me. I put it in through two channels. Instead of just through my eyes, I get it through my ears and through my eyes. And, and there's great ways you can do that. And you may say, well, I haven't signed up for that yet. Well, you can today. Start right now. Start today. 
Let your year be up one year from today. Just get the Word of God into your life. But when you're putting the Word of God into your life, remember this. The goal isn't to get through the Bible. The goal is to get the Bible through you. It's not just to read it, but it's for the Word of God to read you and read your situations and read your circumstances. Because what we know of the Word of God, the Word of God isn't just meant to be read, but the Word of God is meant to be prayed through, meditated on, and lived at. Let me say that one more time. The Word of God is meant to be prayed through. If I don't understand it, I'm praying through that. I'm meditating on it. I'm musing on it is what the King James speaks about. To muse on something is almost like a cow chewing the cud. Have you heard that term? What regurgitates up again, vomits back up what it's eaten and eats it again. I know that's gross. But that's what the Word of God needs. It needs to be inside of us so we can keep bringing it back up and we can keep chewing on it and we can keep meditating on it and we can keep building on it and then it's to be lived at. It's to be lived at. Romans 8 again, verse 11 this time, says this, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also Give life. The King James says, will quicken. Say with me, quicken. Quicken. Will quicken your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. I want to look for a few moments at that word quicken. It's pretty appropriate with tax season, isn't it? Isn't that what they call it, quicken? That books that you can get for your computer. But I want to look quickly at that word quicken. I want to give you six meanings for that word quicken. And what the Word of God wants to quicken. Notice what it said in that passage, first and foremost. It will give life. The first point of quicken literally refers to a bodily resurrection from the dead. A resurrection from the dead. In other words, the Word of God, the truth of God wants to make you alive. It wants to resurrect your dreams, resurrect your hope, resurrect your life. How does it do that? Through His Holy Spirit. That's one way that it will be quickened to you through the Holy Spirit. It will be revealed. It will bring life as the Holy Spirit can bear that. Through preaching, when you're sitting under the sound of the teaching and preaching the Word of God, it can be quickened to you. You can feel that stirring inside of you. Other people can quicken the Word of God inside of you as they share with you the truths of God's Word. You can have the Word of God quickened inside of you through dreams and visions. But you know the greatest way that the Word of God can be quickened through you, is through His Word. And it's the safest way, because if I'm relying on other people to relay to me what God has said, they have the ability to get it wrong. I can read it for myself and should read it for myself so I can know it for myself. That's why the Bible says you've got to test those things to know if they're right or not. How can you test something if you don't know what's right? You've got to read it and know it so you can test it and put it to the test. David got that. David got the fact that it was the Word of God that was so important. And that's why in Psalms 119 verse 105, he writes, God, your Word is a lamp to my feet and your Word is a light 
unto my path. Notice what David is saying. David is saying, your word is everything I need to make it through life. Because it illuminates to give me direction, to give me hope, to give me clarity. It takes me where I need to be. Do you see what he's saying? It's your word, not your word. And it's your word. It's your truth that I can allow to lead my life, to guide me in everything I want. It's amazing. And it absolutely amazes me that David can give all credit to his life, to the word of God. But yet so many of us don't even bother to read it. So many of us don't even have a desire for it. And so many of us have so little knowledge of it. Read Psalms 119 when you get a chance. The longest chapter in the Bible. But it's full of quotes like this. Your word brings hope. Your word is strength. With my whole heart surrendered, yielded, given by your instruction, with your truth. What is it talking about? God's word. That is everything that we need to move us through in life. So let's look what else quicken means. Hebrews 4 verse 12, it says, For the word of God is living and powerful. I like that. The word of God, if you could go to the next scripture. The word of God is living and it's powerful. Aren't you glad you're not reading a dead book? It's not a dead book. It's living and and powerful. Some people have once said this or said this lately. You know, it's a history book and there's nothing new about what's going on in this world. I want you to know every answer to every problem that you could ever need is found in God's word. Everything. That's why David could say your word is a light and a lamp. It's everything that I need. Just as much as David said it way back then, we can say the same thing today because it's still as relevant as it was the day it was written. Because when it was written, it never stopped. Because in the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God when He came. And the Word is God. It wasn't something that's a finished piece and let's go home. It's done. The Word always has been. Thank God this is now the written Word. But the Word itself is... Why? Because it's life and it's still living. It's living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, to the joints of marrow. And it is a discerner of thoughts and the intents of the heart. You know what that means? It means the Word of God will clear up when I question what's right and what's wrong. The Word of God is that sword. It's that surgical scalpel is really what it means by that two-edged sword. It's that surgical scalpel that can literally remove the wrong just leaving the right. It's the Word of God that can operate on our lives. And change our future. I love that. It's living and powerful. It's living and alive. The King James Version says this. It is quick and powerful. That's the word quicken again. That's the same word. It's quicken. It's quick. It's powerful. It's life. So what else do we see from the word quicken? Point number two. It's a catalyst. That's what it means. Another meaning of quicken into us. The word of God that wants to quicken us and quicken our spirit. It means it's like a catalyst. Anyone remember science class? Anyone remember chemistry? When you would have to take chemicals and you had what was known as a catalyst. And that catalyst was used for what? To start a reaction. If you put too much in, I mean, Renee's already going like that with his hand. You know what happens? If you put too much in, it would bubble up and explode. You could make volcanoes happen. In science class. Anyone ever get in trouble in science class? I 
I got in trouble. You know what I once did in science class? Really mean. We had a, I had a metal ruler, and this kid was giving me a hard time. And one day I heated it up with a Bunsen burner, and I put it on the side of the desk. And I said to him, could you pass me my ruler? Can you believe I did something like that? Isn't that horrific? Absolutely horrific. And the reason why I did that was just because earlier that day he said, can you pass me that gauze pad? And I didn't realize. And I had the imprint of gauze on my fingers for like four days because I grabbed that thing. We would do silly things like that. Come on. I know, I know you're looking at me in shame. Yeah, let, let's hear your stories. Amen. <laughs> but think about this. God's word wants to be the catalyst for what? It wants to create a reaction in your life. Think about when we can take the word of God with faith. Faith really speaks of relationship. So I'm in relationship with God. I'll have faith in God. I now take his word. What reaction do you think can begin to happen in my life? Supernatural. I like that. Supernatural things can begin to take place. He doesn't just stop with forgiving of sins. That's, that's supernatural. He, he can relieve fear. He can inspire ideas. He can birth dreams. God wants to cause a supernatural reaction. Why? Because the Word of God wants to quicken us, create a catalyst, stir us up inside of us. I've got to finish. Number three, it's this. It wants to transfer possession. Isn't that cool? That's what it means, to transfer possession. It's like when you go and buy a house and you sign the paperwork. You transfer the paperwork. Now it's yours. It used to be someone else's. But now it's yours. Through faith, through your relationship with God, the Word of God now allows you to take ownership of those things as the Word of God takes ownership of you. It's not only you taking possession. Aren't you glad that the transfer of possession is that now you are someone else's too, that God has claimed you. You don't only have God as your Savior. You're now His child. It's transferred both ways. Here's another meaning, point number four. It means to sustain life. That word could be used as a life support. It keeps us living and breathing and functioning. Have you ever been to a place where you didn't know what to do and you could hardly lift your head every day, but you read the word of God and it was like a life bolt into you that just gave you that life and just kept you living? That's what the word of God is. But you know what? It doesn't only mean to sustain life. It means to bring back to life. That's another reason, another meaning. Number five, to bring back to life. We really talked about that with the first one, a bodily resurrection. The Word of God wants to be a defibrillator. Come on, charge to ten. You ready? Back up. (laughs) Wants to bring life back in. Wants to bring hope. The Word of God wants to resurrect faith inside of you. It wants to resurrect a future. It wants to resurrect your life Period. It wants to revive your dreams, your hopes, your plans that you've gone. Why? Because we're moving from the what if possibilities or regrets into the what if, the if only regrets into the what if possibilities. And we've got to go through the and ifs. And we don't like that. As David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'm not going to fear. Why? Because you're with me. What do we have with us? The word of God, the truth of God that will bring us through, that will bring back life into us. I'm telling you right now, I firmly believe this. You need to find a verse for whatever you're dealing with in your life. Where are you at right now? Find a verse that will bring you hope. Hold your life. Hang your life on that verse and believe that God's going to bring you through because we've got to believe that God's going to bring what if possibilities as God will bring us through. And the last thing that word quicken means is this. It means to conceive. I love that. 
It doesn't mean just to sustain life and bring life. It means to birth life, to birth new opportunities. God wants to create new life in you. God wants to create new dreams, give you new horizons. Why? Because you're a new creation in Christ Jesus. God wants to pregnate our lives with God possibilities. I I read this today and I wrote this down. God's Word, it changes your deepest desires, eradicates your worst fears, and fulfills your wildest dreams. Let me say that one more time. God's Word changes your deepest desires, eradicates your worst fears, and fulfills your wildest dreams. And where does it all happen? It all happens as it wants to form in you the mind of Christ. It wants to change your way of thinking. Because if it can change the way you think, it's going to change the way you talk. It's going to change the way you walk. It's going to change the way you live. What a tool. What a weapon. It's not just a book. It's life. It's living and powerful. But don't let it be living and powerful on a shelf. Let it be living and powerful inside of your heart. To be like David. That we can say, God, your word, I've hidden in my heart. That I will not sin against you. It's the Word of God that brings us truth and life. Would you stand to your feet tonight? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.